Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia, wherever you are in this amazing continent of ours. This is The Breakfast Show Double L team in the morning with Positively Different Radio, Lyle and Lawson. Filling in for Mon while she is in Africa. Mm-hmm. That's why what we're What are here. you thankful for this morning, Lawson? Oh, I am just thankful that God is good. And um, nah, just doing a lot of stuff at, at church at the moment. There are a lot of amazing things running in our conference. We've got um, some different prayer conferences coming up. Uh, there's, a, there's a prayer summit this weekend and then a conference in, in a couple of weeks' time. But at our church in Raymond Terrace, um, yeah, we, we, we're starting our Change Your Life series, which will be a, a, a narrative series where we're going through each part of the Bible and, and, and looking at the narrative from pre-creation to recreation. So, yeah, we're just, we're just stoked to be doing it. Sounds super exciting there, Lawson. And... Uh uh, of course, I'm thankful for my rear diff in my ute that got me home. <laughs> yes. That out of eight bolts, it had three that were broken when I pulled it out and rattling around in the bottom of the diff mm-hmm. and another, the, the, the remainder that were just sort of uh, loose and about to fall out and snap their heads off and do terrible things. Yep. So uh, those all came out of my locker. I'm glad that they, glad it survived and got me home. Yeah. 100%. Praise God for that. <laughs> okay, so this is the de- delayed broadcast, of course. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear to listen to the live show. And I just got a message from somebody up in Wingham mm-hmm. where their transmitter got wiped out by a storm. Oh. And they're like, oh, we can't listen to Faith FM anymore. I'm like, actually, you can. This is how you do it. How do you do it, Lawson? So you want to go get on your phone. Go to faithfm.com.au and you want to click a little play button up in the corner and it's going to ask you what station you want to listen to. You just click well, you're where you are Faith FM. and right. you just, just bam, bam, you're in, you're good to go. And or, how do I make that work in my car? You can plug it in for the NORX cord. You can do the Bluetooth thing. And if you're like, if you have neither of those options, you could pretty much like listen to it out loud or put some headphones in. Whatever you want to do, just, just get on there. I just realized the implications of that that you can listen to Faith FM around the world at any time. That's right. Absolutely. Mon can listen to us in Kenya. So, if you want to do that, yeah, jump on faithfm.com. Go to the TuneIn app as well. That's another alternative way. Don't pay for it. Just get the free version and bam, you've got radio wherever you are in the world. As long as you have a cellular single, a c- cellular signal, radio. Yes, and yep, absolutely fantastic. Okay, so coming up in today's show, we have uh, our Monrog, that's our Monica Radio Log. Uh, coming up, we have an interview with Baron Neustraten and one of the most controversial Bible studies we have ever done. So stay tuned <laughs> and we don't go, go anywhere. Stop. 
pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus Listening to Chelsea Moon with Come Thou Found here on Faith FM. Man, what a and slapper! Absolutely. That just goes hard. That's amazing. Shell, oh. shout out Shell in the studio, just playing the bangers. Like she's just amazing. This is awesome. Good first, day. First clue for the quiz there. <laughs> All righty, we've got a Who Am I quiz. Are you ready? Mm, ready for this? I am ready, ready to learn who this is. Waiting. Here we go. First clue is: I said, "Stay at Jericho till your beards have grown, and then come back." Who is that, Lyle? Oh, okay. So Lyle has it correct. So no double prizes up for grabs today. But remember, you can give us a call on one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you will be able to receive a prize. You know, you can hit us up on maybe our social medias or whatever, and you will we'll give you a prize, and it's gonna be. Gonna be good. It's gonna, gonna be something be awesome. amazing that Lawson's gonna pick out of the box. Or you also, what's our text number there? Oh four nine one zero six four six six nine is our text number. So yeah, if you want to get a prize, hit us up. Okay, so cutting straight across to Mon in Africa, we are ready for our uh, next Mon Rog or Mon uh, Radio Log. So Mon, welcome to your own show again. <laughs> Thanks. It's so weird being constantly welcomed back to my own show. Well, it kind of feels weird when I, you know, because usually I welcome people onto the show and then it's like, well, this is Mon. How do I actually go about welcoming Mon to the show? I mean, that's just... Not much uh, of a guest, am I? Just a regular. <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah, that's right. It's just Mon. But it is just Mon all the way from Kenya In and Africa. Kenya. Which yeah, is pretty special. True. 
Yeah. It is. It is. Hey, do you realize I just found out today that we're actually just down the street from where the Kenyan president has his country estate. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. So you're, yeah, you're yeah, in the, we're um, staying, you're staying with we're, royalty then. Yeah, kind of. We've driven past it several times and the walls are just painted, you know, all the way up with the Kenyan flags. I've always wondered what it is. It's heavily gated and guarded. Um, but yeah, we finally found out what it was and I was like, well, that makes sense, you know, because it looks, a, it looks a bit opulent. Um, we are staying in a city called Nakuru and, um, even though we do our mission trips outside of Nakuru, we drive, you know, often several hours out into the, is it called the Outback? I'm not sure what it's called in Africa. Well, <laughs> yeah, hey, if you say Outback, Outback, we all know what you're talking about. Yeah, the African Outback. So, yeah. But, yeah, but we are where we're staying because we have to stay in a pretty safe place, of course. It is, it is Africa. And, yeah, it's just down the street from, I don't know, His Excellency, whatever they want to call him, Mr. President. I don't know. Cool. Hey, so does that mean that this is a particularly beautiful part? What, why, why would um, the President choose to have his country state in Nakuru? I think it's simply because it's the next biggest city. I think that's literally just it. Um, and, and it is, it is, uh, it is, well, on the map, it says it's two to three hours drive, but in reality, it is more like five to six because the traffic is just absolutely crazy. When we did the transfer from the airport to Nakuru, it did take us about five and a half hours. And the drive was just incredible. Like the traffic is like something you've never seen before. It's just mayhem. And then as you're flying along the highway, there's actually just zebras just grazing on the side of the road, like pigeons or something. It's just incredible. No way. You're kidding. That's amazing. Do you have any other wildlife as well? Uh, yes, there are impalas and gazelles, and there was this massive, like bigger than a horse size um I don't, I don't even know what it was, like some sort of giant gazelle or something like that. It was just incredible. I've seen a lot of beautiful, beautiful birds. There's something called um, a, a blue, a splendid blue uh, starling, I think it was. Oh, that bird had me just enraptured. It's sort of a – it looks black, but then when it suddenly turns in the light – you see it's all, it's feathers actually in iridescent blue. One of the most beautiful birds I've ever seen in my life. So those are the animals that like, you know, are wild and amazing. And then you have sort of the more domestic ones, which are still kind of cheeky and fun. So there's lots of donkeys that they still use here. They still um, do a lot of um, donkey and cart transportation. So all on the side of the road, you'll actually see donkeys tied. Like they're tethered by one leg. And, of course, they're straining as far as they can to get the greenest grass. So lots of those and chickens and roosters and goats everywhere. Actually, our head nurse, um, her name's Rosemary, she actually got attacked by a goat yesterday. <laughs> and, um, and so, sadly, she had to come in today to do the clinic. And she had stitches on her eyes and, um, and on her elbows where this goat had butted and, and oh. hoofed her. So, oh, yeah. oh, really? So she yeah, really got yeah. attacked? Oh, wow. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of people will own a female goat for milking and then a community will sort of jointly own a male goat that they share around when their female goats are on heat. And so she, it was her turn to borrow the male goat and unfortunately she got too close to the female goat and so the male goat wanted to assert his dominance and, uh, yeah, gave her what for. <laughs> she couldn't get Yeah, because, I mean, I used to own goats and we had a male goat that was quite violent 
and that um, ended up with rather tragically he ended up with a rather short life as a result of that but not as violent as getting a whole bunch of <laughs> stitches and so forth yeah it headbutted her in the face and it, it kicked it, like it bucked her in the arm and so she had stitches on both and uh and we were jokingly suggesting that we have the goat for dinner tonight <laughs> i was actually met by approval <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we had to quickly tell him that we were joking. We're not going to eat the goat. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I'll lend you a knife. <laughs> but yeah, we are looking forward to seeing some see more that. wildlife just, later uh, the, His mom walking down the road, grabbing a billy goat <laughs> with a big old knife. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna sacrifice something. No, no, none of that. Um, but hey, let me tell you some more about today's trip, Lyle. Um, so we had a clinic out in a, another rural area, um, probably the most rundown of the churches that we've seen so far. Like literally just mud and sticks holding this thing up. Um, it was actually in an area where they have lots of um, flower farms. Um, so sadly, they have a they have a bit of an issue here in Kenya with foreign. Um, foreigners come in and take advantage. So in this situation, a lot of Indians have come in and um, they've created these flower farms and then they hire the Kenyans. And it's basically is slave labor. So in this region, a lot of the people um, work at the flower farms, um, administering pesticide, which they're then having to breathe in, uh, weeding, picking it, all that kind of farm stuff. And um, they get paid $3.50 Australian a day. So it, it works out to be about 100 bucks a month. And they work seven days a week for this wage. Oh. And, um, and so, yeah, and it's just dreadful because I think I remember um, explaining to you before I even left Australia that in Kenya, no medical treatment, nothing, like nothing whatsoever is free when it comes to the medical side of stuff. And a lot of the hospitals and clinics here sort of double as prisons and so when you go to hospital, the whole thing is enclosed by fences and barbed wire and so forth because what they do is, sure, they'll treat the patients, but the patients are then not allowed to leave until they've paid the bill. And so they sort of get jailed in there. And so these people in this area, they're so poor because, you know, they're basically being um, enslaved and trapped um, by these Indian flower farmers. Um, and they're so sick because they're job you know working with pesticides is making them really ill and causing all kinds of health problems but they can't afford anything um so today we we really did see i guess what has been so far the poorest of the poor so people just coming in with just rags of clothes falling off them we had a little boy who was wearing i want to say like knitted or crocheted pants that were so full of holes that they weren't actually providing him with any sort of decent privacy um, and thankfully, we had a, a bag full of clothes. So we were able to clothe a few of the bit more um, uh, bedraggled people and uh, and get them <laughs> a bit more modest looking. Um, and which they're so excited about. Like you give them a, you give them an item of clothing, and they don't even wait till they get home. They just stick it on there and then, and they're, and they're so happy about it. So I've taken some before and after pictures for you as well, mm. um, because the church. Is that on our Facebook. Yes, indeed. Because. Uh, and by the way, for any of our listeners, I have actually um, started putting up um, footage on our Instagram page. So if you want to check out uh, Faith FM Live and just stick your finger on the profile picture and you'll see an Insta story pop up. Uh, it's, only, it's only live for about 24 hours. Um, but you'll see, especially on there today, I took, um, I took footage of a surgery so non-complicated surgery. Uh, actually, today we didn't, because the, the church was such a ramshackle place, we didn't actually have uh, a, a... Hello? Mon, you've disappeared. 
Uh, thus, we have the joys of um, dealing with uh, internet in Africa. Sometimes it's there and sometimes it isn't. And, uh, Mon, does that mean that you're back with us again? You disappeared there for a bit? Oh, sorry. How, what, where, did, where did I get cut off? Oh, you were just telling us that you've uh, put some stuff up on, uh, you put up a, oh, yes. a non-complicated surgery on, uh, on, on Facebook. Unfortunately, Mon, we are out, actually out of time. So that oh, kind of okay, went fast. No but um, I'll tell you what, yeah, just, just take a few notes on some of the things that you were about to tell us because we do want to hear them tomorrow, but we are going to have to move on with the show because we are out of time. Sure thing. And, uh, I guess I'll talk to you guys tomorrow then. Yes, indeed, Mon. All the best. And uh, we're going to move on with At the Cross by Anna Weatherup. Alas, and did my saviour bleed? Did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head Someone such as I At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw the light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith I received my sight here on Faith FM and Lawson second clue for yes. our quiz this morning okay our next clue this is a who am I quiz and you can give us a call on 1-800-324-843 if you know the answer to this quiz but this is a who am I quiz and the next clue is in fear for my life I faked insanity standing before Ashis King of Gath Ooh, there you go. 
Who was that? Who was that that pretended to be insane? This is a fairly famous story. I think you should be able to get this one. 1-800-324-843 is the number or text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer to that particular clue. So coming up in more serious story today. And uh, I'm not sure whether my stories are more serious than Mon's or not these days. Mon usually does our positively different radio. Mm-hmm. And I usually do the more serious stories. But, um, yeah, hearing about that stuff in Africa is definitely exciting yeah. to hear what's taking place. But just heartbreaking mm. to see the level of poverty and so forth that people are dealing with over there. But, uh, yeah, a number of different stories here this morning. I might start with this one uh, a young fellow by the name of Sam Watson who just wrote an article uh, published in ABC News um, talking about discrimination, um, gender and sexual orientation discrimination in Tasmania Mm -hmm. and sharing some stuff that I find particularly concerning to, you know, the culture of Australia, the direction of Australia, where we are heading as Australians. So he came out as uh, as being gay um, in year nine. This is back in 2015, and he was a part of the Roman Catholic school system. Mm. And he makes some, some points there about how that, you know, we need to have legislation to protect gay students from being expelled. Mm. And once again, he's just repeating the red herring that is being repeated by so many people across Australia because in the entire history of education in Australia. This is something that has never taken place. Yeah. There is not a single recorded instance of a student in any educational institution ever being ex- expelled for being gay. And so, you know, he's just repeating the, uh, the, 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 the lines that he has been fed by, you know, so many teachers and activists around the place. Like, oh, no, we've got legislation here that allows for this to happen. Well, guess what? It's not going to allow it. It's not going to happen, so don't worry about it. And if mm. it ever did happen, you know, the whole concept of capitalism is going to destroy whatever school ever tried to do that. Yeah. But then he brings up this point that while he was studying there in 2015, of course, we had the um, the debate over same-sex marriage, and the Roman Catholic school that he was attending brought out a booklet called Don't Mess With Marriage. And so he felt uncomfortable about that. It made him feel bad. And so he left that school and started to attend another school that didn't take that same stand. And I'm like... Go for it. You know, this is this is what freedom in our country is all about. Mm. You have the freedom to choose whichever school you want to go to. And you have, if you don't feel comfortable in one school, move to another school by all means. And once again, this is an issue of capitalism. Capitalism is not in any way, shape or form, you know, uh, um, discriminatory. It just simply is a, a, a thing. Um, but since then, and this is what this is what uh, bothers me about the article. The article is a campaign to crush any dissenting voice, basically a call to make it illegal to disagree with any idea that is not being pushed by uh, the majority or even by a vocal minority. Um, in this case, on the issue of gender and sexual orientation, and so basically, if I take a political stand that makes a person feel bad. I should face criminal proceedings. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's where this article goes. And I'm just sort of thinking, you know, there's a much bigger picture here. This is, this is you know, this is, this, <clears throat> is where, this is where equality trumps freedom. Yeah. 
you know, rather than freedom over equality, you've got equality over freedom, and this is where an you know, we've talked about this before. But this is where an illiberal democracy comes in, and there mm-hmm. is not a person on the face of a planet who has lived under an illiberal democracy that ever wants to go back to it. Mm. But this is the generation that's coming. This is your generation, Lawson. Yeah. I blame Sorry. you guys for it. Sorry, <laughs> no, but, but it, uh, it's but rough, is, man. It like, is. like to it have <sighs> to. Anything I say that makes someone feel, oh, I feel bad, so therefore you need to face criminal proceedings. No. We need to have freedom of speech. A healthy society has freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a sign that we are living in a very, very unhealthy society mm-hmm. right now. Um, and that's putting, you know, all issues aside. It's just like, you know, and, and, and the fact is you cannot take a political stand on any issue without some sector of the society feeling bad, feeling uncomfortable, yeah. feeling undervalued, whatever it might be. Um, it, it, it really doesn't matter where you are on, on, on any particular political issue. That's going to be the case. But then to take the next step and like demonize that person oh, for, yeah. a, for a political stance or whatever it may be, it's like that's... And, and take out pr- <sighs> criminal proceedings against them. Man. We are heading down the path of some of the uh, illiberal dictatorships that you see around the world right now where you are not allowed to oppose, you know, you're not allowed to dissent in any way, shape or form. Mm. Okay, so that's that story. Um, on more positive news, okay. suicide rates have dropped by a third in the last 27 years. Can you imagine that? That's really good. That's fantastic. That so is, what, it, what it does that show is, awesome. is that a lot of the efforts that we have been putting into, um, you know, pre- pre- preventing suicide, um, you know, providing help for people who are feeling depressed are actually working. Mm-hmm. Um, is so this amongst a particular age group, or like it varies from age group to age group. I'll give you give you a little bit of uh, and by gender. I'll give you a few stats here. But uh, basically, twenty seven years ago, sixteen point six per hundred thousand were dying from suicide. Mm-hmm. We are now this is globally, of course. Um, okay. And so we are now down to eleven point two per hundred thousand globally. Of course, in countries in 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 very wealthy countries. Um, we are really, really struggling with that suicide rate. Mm-hmm. If you want to be um, living in a country where you are much less likely to commit suicide, then try one of the poorer countries. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, Americans and Australians and so forth tend to uh, to have a much higher rate. But, of course, the big thing is, the big problem is with men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, men continue to be massively overrepresented in suicide. So 15.6 per 100,000 in men and only 7 per 100,000 in women mm-hmm. um, is where we... So men, you know, three times, two to three times higher than women. And so we really need to be doing something yeah. about the this issue amongst men. Um, men's issues tend to get overlooked mm-hmm. uh, particularly with the you know the feminist drive that we have in the world right now and so this is something we need to be focusing a lot of attention mm-hmm. and a lot of energy on anyway so if you are feeling bad this morning uh, lifeline of course is 131114 and if you are having uh, negative thoughts or suicidal thoughts then uh, please call this number or beyond the blue on 1300 224636 are a couple of great numbers to call if you are feeling depressed and mm. a little bit down this morning. And yeah, knowing you know from my own experience and from experience of friends I have, um, 
you know, going through depression and, and those things. It's just so good to talk to someone. Yeah. And it's like, it, it can nearly feel like, oh, man, I'm talking to someone over the phone. But seriously, like, it has saved lives. And you're going to be talking lives. to somebody who's completely non-judgmental. They don't know you. They're not <clears> going to judge you. They're not going to come down on you. Anymore. They are just there to give you support. Yeah, 100%. And so, we are massive advocates. Not only that, like, reach out to us. Reach out to your local community. There are people who love you, who care about you. And who want to see you keep living. Like, as much as I, I think, you know, a lot of that drive um, into depression and suicide comes from from really self. Like, your own expectations of yourself. You feel like you failed. But there are people around you who love you, who care about you, and, and want to see the best life for you. And want to help you through that. So, yeah, if you're struggling out there today, hey... It, if you feel so inclined, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Not on air, of course. You know, we want to respect your privacy, but we love you. We care about you. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know what our number is, 1-800-324-843. Um, you're always welcome to call us. Mm. Um, we're not, not experts in any way, shape, or form, but uh, we're happy to chat, if nothing else. Anyway, this is uh, Vocal Union. Uh, they're bringing to us The Lighthouse. Sin. He has shown the light around me 
clearly see If it wasn't for the lighthouse Where would this ship be? And I thank God for the lighthouse I owe my life to Listening to Vocal Union, the Lighthouse here on Faith FM. And before we go to our interview of the day, Lawson, we have another clue for our quiz. Right. Nobody has snapped this one up yet. Here so we go. Get ready to call because these clues are about to get easy. Okay. Awesome. Here we go. Again, this is a Who Am I quiz. And our next clue is Jesus is the only man whose name is found in the scripture more often than mine. Wow. So this is a famous guy. Of course, if you know who this is, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you can claim a prize. You know, I don't know that I would have got it from that clue. They should have made that the first one. But anyway, be that as it may, we have Baron Neustraten joining us on the phone this morning. Welcome to the show, Baron. No, uh, thank you. Uh, very happy to be here. Now, Baron, of course, is a... Well, it, Baron was a, a, a semi-regular last year, but it's been a while since we've had you on the show, Baron, so I'm super excited to have you back again. And uh, Baron is an expert in... Uh, he's a, a keen researcher in Hebrew, um, in creation, uh, in the sanctuary service of the Old Testament, many other subjects that uh, that Baron really sort of uh, gets into. But we've been talking about creation in particular last year, and we've got some more interviews coming up on this subject. And so I thought that before we get to those over the next uh, week or so, it would be good to have a chat with Baron and to remind ourselves about some of the uh, some of the things that the creation account in Genesis chapter one actually tells us. So, uh, Byron, we were going to talk about um, uh, day three and day four of creation because last year we talked about the earlier days and particularly wanted to talk about the separation of the waters on day three. What's that all about when the Bible talks about the separation of the waters? Yeah, on day three, Lyle, it was a horizontal division of the waters because we have a land mass and we have uh, a sea mass. The previous day, day two, we have, of course, the introduction of the atmosphere where there is a separation of waters in a vertical sense. So we have the planet covered with water because it's still smooth. And we know now and have known for hundreds of years that there's enough water to submerge the whole world in about one and a half kilometers of water. Uh, it's interesting that uh, that Moses was aware of this as well, quite uh, fascinating, three and a half thousand years ago. The separation of the waters from the waters in the vertical sense indicates that 
there was a, uh, what shall I say, vapor layer globally, all around the globe, which, of course, had a tremendous impact on the climate. And uh, the paleontology supports such a uh, occurrence. Uh, it is fascinating because the water vapor is still water. Uh, it would have allowed the visions of the, of the moon and the sun and the stars. And... Uh, uh, it would be so fantastic to realize that an atmosphere is absolutely needful for su sustaining organic life as we know it, and the Bible facilitates that particular uh, occurrence. Okay, so if we've got the whole planet covered by water and then we've got the land being separated from the water, what have we got happening here? Is this like massive earthquakes and, and, and this kind of thing, where the land is being pushed no. up? No. No, what happened? This is an, an act of creation. Uh, it's very hard to find a naturalistic ex uh, explanation, but obviously uh, the, there was an indentation of the Earth's crust which facilitated the oceans, but not as the oceans as we know it. The reality is uh, that we uh, would have had a very different ratio of land mass to water mass. Uh, Lyle. So I, I, I would say that the, uh, the actual land mass was much greater than the actual sea mass. Right. So we've got a large, you know, the, the majority of our world is covered by sea right now, whereas you're saying that yeah. uh, before the flood, Correct. the minority of the world would have been covered by water. Yeah. We have about five-eighths of the global, of, of the planet now submerged in oceanic waters. And that would have been very different uh, before the flood and the the, the catastrophe that found place. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So if we've got if we've got dry land, you know, appearing and this these kind of events that are taking place here on day three, how does the Earth's crust actually stay stable as a result of that? Yeah. Look, the instability of the Earth's crust did actually occur, and the Bible reports to that, and that's quite a fascinating uh, aspect. It says in Genesis seven. Uh, uh, verse 11, the latter part, it says that on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and then the windows of heaven were opened. And that is, of course, the beginning of the catastrophe of the flood. Now, there would have been subterranean systems of an enormous proportion that would have provided artesian wells all over the place. And there would have been a, an absolute stability because the earth crust was not damaged. And so uh, it is noted in Genesis 7 verse 11 that the earth's crust had to be disturbed before you could expect earthquake and seismic movements that, that make it so unstable. It's when the water sisters, the water, subterranean water, uh, gets in touch with the uh, stenosphere. And the Mount St. Helens was a prime example. We all remember her, that uh, eruption in 1980. That was all done by, by water, uh, basically, water vapor. It, it is a tremendous force uh, when water gets in touch with the, the melting masses of the stenosphere. Yeah, that's fascinating, particularly when we consider that, you know, people who study... Um, you know, landscapes today, you know, point out the fact yeah. that all landscapes in the world are created by water and uh, something yeah. we, we often don't really stop and think about. Okay, so we've got this, this, we've got this separation between uh, water and land. We've got, you know, a tremendous amount of water then obviously being underneath the land. Yeah. 
the next thing that takes place after that is the the creation of flora. Um, yeah. What's 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 that all about, and why does it come at this particular point? Yeah, the 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 things that you need you got to bear in mind that the flora was there on day three, um, and the actual sun as the source of light was on day four. And so the interesting thing is that the light that was there on day three was suitable for the the, the flora that uh, was created on that day. And uh, the flora, as you know, was created after its kind. And we still see that clearly today. There are, uh, you know, subspecies, but a kind is a kind. Banana tree produces bananas, apple tree, apples, etc., etc. So um, that is a reality that's observable today. And it had to have, in order to be able to exist, it had to have an atmosphere which was really created on day two when the waters were separated from the waters in the vertical sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the light that existed before the sun obviously was a form of light that produced heat as well. Yeah, it would have sustained the uh, the water in a uh, in a liquid state and and allowed evaporation to have the outer mantle layer of water vapor. Uh, which was so significant to the early ecology, which was so different before the flood than after what we observe today. Uh, yeah, that is correct. Mm. Now, looking at the fossil records, um, what do the fossil records tell us about you know antediluvian uh, ecology and the pro- troposphere and um, so forth? Okay, I, I think one of the most interesting ones really is the coal layers that we find uh, all over the world. We find coal layers within the Arctic circles and at Arctic circles, which is fascinating because coal is compressed vegetation. For every 10 feet of, of compressed vegetation, you get one foot of coal on average. And it is fascinating that you find it uh, at varying thicknesses all around the world. And the other fascinating aspect of coal layers is that all coal layers contain carbon-14, which means the age of the coal can only be expressed in thousands of years, not millions of years. Yeah, that is truly fascinating right there because, I mean, you know, right here in Newcastle where we are, it's it's a coal city. There are massive, massive coal seams around here. Yeah, there is another aspect even to the coal. Uh, I mean, the coal... um, as you say, as we know, is that compressed vegetation fossilized. Um, the ratio of the coal, of the carbon, in fact, in the earth, under the earth's surface, is so much more than the carbon that we have in flora on the face of the planet. And there's an incredible ratio, which is about 1 to 170 which indicates that the flora before the flood was so exuberant, so much, much, many times over what we see today. Uh, And that is very significant. If you combine it with the fact that it can only be thousands of years old, it does point to a much better ecology facilitating the growth of flora in such an extent that we don't know today. Now, one of the things that I find interesting, particularly here in the Hunter Valley, is the massive coal seams that we have that they estimate you know may have taken 
vegetation a thousand feet thick to create. My question yeah. is from a evolutionary process where things are taking place over millions and millions of years. Okay, so you've got some vegetation, it dies, it uh, yeah. falls down into a swamp, um, but then it has to be preserved until it builds yeah. up to be a thousand feet thick and then gets covered and then turns into coal. All of that happening without it, you know, sort of rotting and disappearing and vanishing away. Yeah. I mean, to me, that just seems to be a tremendous stretch. Well, it is an incredible stretch. Firstly, we are not observing anything today that has uh, a process like that. It just uh, theoretically couldn't happen. And also, observably, it, there's nothing, no processes anywhere on the planet that uh, evolve like this. So uh, that is not something that is supported by observation. The other necessity is that you need, in order to have uh, a fossil of any kind, and after all, coal is fossil, you need a rapid submersion in um, sedimentary uh, uh, material that then becomes sedimentary rock. And so basically the process proposed by evolution is not a uh, physical possibility. Mm, most interesting. Baron, we've got three minutes left. Let's talk about uh, day four. And we've got two great lights turning up on day four. What are those? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a fascinating verse when you actually uh, go to the actual verse itself. Uh, there's different applications, but I, I will just uh, go to verse 14, and uh, where God says, let there be lights in the firmament, and that is the rakia, that's the atmosphere, it's observable from the planet. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And so uh, the, the, the incredible thing is that with the Hebrew language, grammatically, you have a facility, uh, Lyle, that we do not have in English, and that is an object link. An object link, that is an object, is the sub, what, whatever is the, the, what is created in this instance. Um, the, the object are the sun, the moon, and the stars. And the problem that people have come across is that if the stars identify the stellar heavens, that is uh, what we can see by telescopes and, and etc., if that was created on day four, some 6,000 years ago, how would you explain the massive distances that we can be more accurate about today than ever before of millions of years? And in fact, there are stars that we considered stars, but they're actually galaxies. So we discover more and more. The reality is that the Hebrew text, the Hebrew text does not propose that the stars, the stellar heavens, were created on day four. In fact, the syntax, that is the structure of the sentence, um, is actually against that. If you look at the verse there, uh, so uh, God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser to rule the night. He made the stars also. And in your Bible, he made would be in italics, even though it is actually a correct translation of the ambient of the sentence here. What Moses wanted to, to express to his readers is that he uh, emphasized that God made the stars also, that is the stellar heavens. Okay, so he made, he, he, made the, he, he made the sun and the moon 
on that's day four. On day four. On day four. Yeah. But he also um, made the it's stars. But it's, he's not giving. He's not giving yeah. an actual date or a time frame for when the stars were oh, made. Oh no. He just. He's just stating no, no, that they not were made. At all. Yeah. The, the Hebrew text does, in, in the first place, not compel you in any way at all to believe that the stars, the stellar heavens, were created on day four. It doesn't do that at all. In fact, the author is going out of his way to separate the creation of the moon and the, and the sun uh, from the actual creation or making of the stars. Yes, yes. Baron, we are out of time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more time to uh, to talk about that particular verse, but I think you've made a, a really good point there. We are out of time right now. We do have to uh, move on with our show, but thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Yes. God bless. You too. And uh, we look forward to joining Baron again when he comes back and uh, spend some more time here on Faith FM. But right now, we're going to America's Bluegrass, Bluegrass Band.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi, my name is Pastor BJ, and I'd like to invite you to join us at Bunbury Seventh Day Adventist Church. We are a vibrant church community that meets every Sabbath at 9:30 a.m. for Bible study, followed by a worship service at 11 a.m. There are a number of groups that meet throughout the week where we eat, share and study the Bible together, including groups for families and young people. For more information, please contact me on 0422 896 553. That's 0422 896 553. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Never knew the day from the night, but spirit you made. 